Welcome to the PM Power Podcast, where Darren Hunter from Inspired Growth Training interviews some of the world's best property management experts to give you real solutions to the biggest issues property managers struggle with everywhere. For 25 ways to control office interruptions so you can slam through more tasks faster, go to pmpowerkeys.com. Hi everyone, Darren Hunter here. Before we get into our podcast, just want to do a quick shout out for Inspection Manager. What an amazing inspection app platform that they have. And they're really excited at the moment with their tenant assisted routine inspections, where your tenants in the convenience of their own time frame and in the convenience of their rental property, they can be getting you through the app inspections, um, their own inspection or their own photos that they've done. Now this is going to help you, particularly if you're in lockdown, but what we've also found as businesses have come out of lockdown, um, they've found that perhaps they can do maybe one or even two of these inspections a year, aside from scheduling their normal routine inspections. The next step, really go and have a demo, have a look for yourself and make a decision where this could actually work for you too. So go to inspectionmanager.com, request a demo and check it out. Hi everyone, Darren Hunter here. I am with Louise Schofield, who is the operation manager with Jackson Wall Real Estate based in regional New South Wales. Um, Louise has got or oversees three offices with 600 rental properties. Now, we're going to be talking about mastering in-going inspections today. Now, Louise, thanks for coming on board with the PM Power podcast show. Tell me why you reached out to me and wanted to talk about this topic. Uh, one of the staff members um, made a comment to me about one of her owners uh, questioning, didn't you do that at the in-going inspection? And her question was, how far do we actually go? And I said, well, let's have a look at IGT and see what they've got. And there wasn't a podcast there. So I went, okay, let's have a bit of a session on what we should be doing at ingoing inspections. Well, I think that's a good topic. A little bit about um, uh, Louise's background. Um, Louise's background has 14 years property management experience. Mine is around about the same, about 15 years. And I was once a full-time property inspector doing all ingoing inspections, outgoing inspections and routine inspections full-time for 500 properties. Plus I had to do all the tribunal hearings as well. So I knew the importance of having a good ingoing inspection back in the day, way before iPads were ever out. It was, uh, they were handwritten and I would type them up on a Word document right back in the early days. They were carbonized. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, and I even developed a callus on one of my fingers from all the writing, copious writing, but I have to say, everybody, I turned crazy after so many hours of doing these things and in fact started to enjoy doing these ingoing inspections. <laughs> so, uh, I know it's crazy, but, uh, we're going to just go through some good stuff. So today's session is really good for new property managers and for experienced property managers too. So we're just going to have a, a real deep dive into ingoing inspections in this podcast show. Um, and um, so, you know, let's get ourselves started. Now, of course, uh, Louise, you've worked on um, ingoing inspections. For everyone out there, um, ingoing inspections are called different things in different places. So uh, in Western Australia, they're typically called a PCR or a property condition report. In South Australia, they could be a condition report or an ingoing inspection. But other, other names are the moving inspection, the entry inspection, the tenancy start inspection. There's all sorts of different names across the planet, having worked across three countries. Um, but of course, it all relates to that, that, um, that condition report or the detailed report noting the condition right before the tenant moves in for the purpose of assessing um, at the end of the tenancy, making sure the property is left um, as it is, um, how it was found, less reasonable fair wear and tear for the purpose of the, uh, the refund of the bond and for our American listeners, the security deposit. So that is the inspection that we're talking about. So um, Louise, over to you. We're just going to put a bit of structure around this. Let's just start off before we arrive at the property to do that ingoing inspection. We've secured the tenant. They're moving in on a such and such a date. Right back even days before, what should a property manager be considering at this stage, getting ready for that inspection? So um, first of all, they need to make sure from the owner 
um, that it's good to go, that the owner is happy with um, handing the keys over for that uh, ingoing inspection. And then you want to get prepared. Uh, in order to go to the property, you want to make sure that all your, um, if you're going to do it on a device, that it's all well and truly charged. If you're relying on the internet, is there going to be internet coverage there? If it's not, what is your alternative? Um, have you got everything that you need? Have you got a cleaning kit that you're taking with you just in case there's a couple of smudges on the lovely stainless steel cooktop? Um, you want to get rid of as much of that as possible. Um, sometimes there's just a couple of little marks that you want to do. Um, you've got, you want to make sure that the key, you've got, you know, the set of keys that you're going to give the tenant so you can test them and they work and a set of keys um, for the office that are going to at least let you in somewhere in the property. Um, they're the kind of things that I look at um, making sure. Um, scheduling enough time, don't leave yourself short, don't leave it to the last minute, things go wrong. So making sure that, you know, a good two days before the tenant moves in, you've got plenty of time. So if you need to go back, you, you actually can. All right, so just let's just brush this out a bit more. There's a, a bit more to dig up here. Now, um, Louise, a lot of property managers out there would, if a tenant's moving out, they would give them a detailed checklist, um, send it to them, probably call them up and say, hey, did you make sure you look at this checklist? It could be texted as well them with a link, downloaded and make sure that they know exactly what needs to be done with the cleanliness and leaving the property um, in the right state for the next tenant. But I see a lack of property managers going to that same length when it comes to signing up a new landlord who's making the property available to a tenant and simply asking them to present the property clean without the right detailed expectations on the same level with the tenant. What's your comment around that? Oh yeah, there's many times that you're going to do an ingoing and the place is filthy and you go, there's no way a tenant can move into this. I don't, I can't accept it. And then you've got to race around and try and get a cleaner. You've got no time. You've got no time. So you've just thought the landlord is going to hand it over. So people, yeah. the same thing that works with the tenant on vacate is the same list that you can act, you need to be giving to the owner as well. I'm being very, very clear. The property must be ready. Mr. Owner, if you have no time, I've got cleaners ready to go. I've got professional carpet cleaners ready to go. Let us do it and we can take it out of the first month's rent or something like that. So make it really easy on the owner and you to get your job done without wrestling with a compromised condition of the property when the tenant moves in. Now, um, something else that was, um, which um, you've mentioned as well is a cleaning kit. So, Louise, why do we need a cleaning kit for? A lot of property managers would say, we're not cleaners, we're property managers. Why do you need a cleaning kit? Sometimes there's just a little smudge. Um, like I said, stainless steel cooktops um, or they've, you know, there might be a smudge or someone's cleaned the mirror in the bathroom and it's left to smear. If you've got a cleaning cloth, you can clean that smear within 30 seconds, 60 seconds, and all of a sudden you can go clean and in good condition. Um, I think, you know, once you start cleaning, you go, this is going to take a lot longer. That's when you go, okay, well, now we need to get a cleaner. But there are a couple of little items that you might be able to do. Again, just to ha always have a best possible presented and expectation with the tenants when they return it. No sponges, no little bits and pieces. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I would have a cleaning kit. And what are some of the things that would be in the cleaning kit? There would be, for me, there would be a bottle of spray and wipe. That was essential. Um, some white cloths. Um, it could be chucks or it could be some old rags. Um, I would have a bottle of Windex. You sometimes can get your multi-purpose cleaner and Windex in the same, but I always have the glass cleaner different from the multi-purpose cleaner. Um, I would have, um, I mean, what what were some of the other things that you would have? I've got a whole list. Um toilet duck and I quite often find that a lot of tenants leave some half empty bottles behind and that used to always complement my cleaning kit yeah yeah um, correct yeah. yeah you know maybe a little dust um uh, dustpan brush things like that yeah, yeah. and and I, I would have all sorts I mean goodness I had a big tub full of gear um and and look if you want a list of I think the, the article is called 50 plus things that you can choose to take along in a cleaning kit. Just email me, darren at igtmail.com and just say, Darren, 
um, you know, items for a, a cleaning kit in the actual subject line. We'll send you the link to that article. Otherwise, go to the inspiredgrowthtraining.com, go to our uh, knowledge and articles library, go to property manager nuts and bolts, um, and uh, you'll find all of that stuff in there. There's, there's just um, so much. Okay, so before we, we're moving on, I've still got things to thrush out on this, Louise. So, yes. um, okay, so uh, typical situation. Um, owner doesn't want to lose any rent. Tenants moving out on a Thursday. New tenants going to be moving in on a Friday. What's some of the things here that is a problem already? That they don't leave it clean and it's going to be untenable, untenable. Um, or something is broken. You know, there might be a broken window. There might be none of the light globes are working. Uh, there's lots of different things that can possibly go wrong with that scenario. So I personally would never try and I would never accept such a tight timeline. And I always ask the owner, like I, I always talk to the owner and make sure they're well educated. The better you present the property, the better it um, is looked after and the better it's going to be returned. Um, there's less complaints from the tenants when they very first move in. And one of the other things that's really hard is an owner, um, if they're moving out of their property and they're handing it over and the door handle to the bathroom has never worked and they've just lived with it, they've got to understand that when a tenant moves in, they're not going to live with it. And there's lots of little quirks in a property where an owner ignores, whereas a tenant um, paying good rent says, well, I should have that fully functioning. So there's, you know, things like whether the windows open. Um, so it's the same when a tenant is vacating. Is there anything there that you feel needs attention? The same with the owner. Is there anything in the property that you think needs attention that's not working properly that we should be looking at for the new tenant? And some other things too, I just want to go in because we, we we're, you know, Louise, we're actually making that this now the encyclopedia of in-going inspections. So <laughs> there's other things too. What about the owner type? So you've got an owner that has come to you, you he, your rent, you, you've now got your first tenant moving in with that management. The owner beforehand was self-managing for years and years and years and years and years and has put up their hands. I surrender, given you that property now. Um, or I've even had situations, Louise, where um, an elderly person lived in that same house for 30 years. Mum, she's passed away now. The kids are now got the property as an inheritance. They want to rent it out. You're now renting it out to a family. Um, in situations like that, or it could be a property developer has bought a rundown property and he wants you to rent it out until uh, he demolishes it. All these sorts of things here, warning bells. So with the self-managing landlord, I just found these guys were terrible at tenant selection, though they thought they were pretty hot. Um, and so the house was really beaten up, bruised and rough around the egg, roughed up around the edges. Um, and, you know, are you aware of the repairs that you know, should be done um, or you're going to be having a big long list after the tenant moves in or um, the, uh, the, the the inherited uh, situation. Um, and I, I've, I've seen a house that was so used to having an elderly person live in it for years and years and years and years and years and years and years. And that's what the house was used to. Suddenly the family moves in and the house just goes, oh, my goodness me, what just happened? Life has just changed. And it starts to fall apart everywhere. Um yeah, that, that those definitely issues. can happen. Or a rundown yeah. house or the situation yeah. you pointed out, you know, I had a single guy once that lived in a house. He bought it cheap. He put up with all the maintenance and repairs, was happy to live in something that was in poor maintenance. And when it come to renting it out, I reckon I probably used the first year's rent mm. just to fix all the repairs because I rode him so hard as an owner that we need to keep this property up to scratch. Yes. So these are all the things, people, that, you know, comes with experience and it teaches you, you're able to see more into the future. It teaches you more foresight um, of the things you've got to consider when it comes to an ingoing inspection. So, um, and what things you need to be ready for. So, um, yeah, you need to be aware of those sort of things. So, okay, um, Louise, we've, we've talked and covered preparation. Let's now, we've arrived at the property. What's next? And how, how long how long should should um, people be allowing for um, to do that inspection? Yeah, so it will depend on uh, it will depend on the property. So in regional New South Wales, we sometimes have really large houses with large gardens. And can I just tell you, lots of people generally neglect the garden 
part. And in our in a lot of our reports, the garden and the garage and all of that has got a real small amount of space. Um, and that is for us, that's what causes a lot of grief. Um, so you've got to allow, uh, you know, if I was to do a five bedroom house with a large garden, I would allow at least half a day. So you've really got to, and that comes from experience in knowing if I had a two bedroom flat, should take me a couple of hours, first time round, you know, subsequent ingoing inspections take a lot less when you've got the information, but your very first ingoing inspection is the one where you've got to be incredibly thorough. So don't leave yourself um, time poor in any way, shape or form. Cut off, you know, cut out half a day in your diary. And if you don't use it all, well, you've got time up your sleeve when you get back to the office. But um, sometimes you might do two hours at the inspection, but then you've got two hours back at the office also adjusting and typing and adding bits and pieces to make it look um, exactly how you want it. Because that is the document every single solitary time you're going to rely on if you go to tribunal. And the more detailed it is, the less issue you've got. And, you know, sometimes um, I've seen tribunal members throw out photos and go, just go by the ingoing inspection report, entry yeah. condition report. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think it's, we've got to say here, everyone as well, you know, um, my time frame for doing an ingoing inspection may be different for other people as well. And I remember my very, very first ingoing inspection I did in 1989. It took me like five hours for something that would probably take me 45 minutes now. But, you know, it took a while to get things going. But, you know, like, for example, in Western Australia, the legislation is really tough there. So they have the most detailed, most time-consuming PCR property condition reports you've ever seen. They are the most detailed on the planet. They really are. Um, whereas other states, you know, uh, in South Australia, a three-bedroom home with one bathroom with no ensuite, all that sort of thing, you know, you get it done easily in an hour, um, from from front door to to front door again uh, as you walk out of the house. So um, you know it, it it it's all about it's not about the time. It's about being detailed, and um, mm -hmm. you know lots and lots of, of of detail is really important. So let's now move on into the property. Now for everyone, um, Louise is going to talk about being methodical. For me, um, I always divided the house up into areas, and so a house technically has three areas um, um, or so I'll actually call it a zone. And so the living areas, which is your lounge room, dining room, your passage um, and, and places like that, your bedrooms, that's a living. And then the kitchen was a zone unto itself. Um, and then the wet areas, the bathrooms, your en suites, your toilet, your laundry, things like that. So I always in my mind have the house divided in three categories. Um, and then outside, you'd have your, 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 your gardens, your lawns, your outbuildings, and your car parking. So sheds, tool sheds, um, carports, um, and garages, and so forth. And your job is to make sure that you're going to every part of that property. And so this is where I have problems, people, and I just have ladies take me up on this all the time with my staff, and someone's probably going to hate me now, but I would always ask for any property managers that do these full and going inspections that you have flat shoes on. I agree. There's no way you can do it in heels because you've got to walk. You've got to walk through grass. It could be raining. Um, for us, it's regional New South Wales. There could be snakes. There could be, you know, and they're the kind of things. The last thing you want to do is, and that's uncomfortable. You're standing on your feet for hours. So hours and hours sometimes. And so you need to be completely comfortable. Um, you should be at the property on your own. Safety, warmth, like, you know, it's really cold where we are. I remember doing um, my first outgoing, ingoing inspection and, you know, took my shoes off at the front door. It was tiled. It was like zero degrees. And I ended up with a cold because I, you know, so I always carry a pair of slippers in my car, you know, those hotel slides. So as soon as I get, you know, take my shoes off, I put the slides on so I don't have cold feet. Yeah. Yeah. So, but sensible shoes. Shoes is a good idea. And I always question if I, if I ever saw a property manager wearing high heels, doing an ingoing inspection with grounds and lawns and gardens and gaps down the side of the garage, you know, where potential rubbish or trash could be stored and those old 
tires left to, you know, for someone else to throw away. I would always question the um, what level of compromise has gone on with the detail in the inspection because yeah. a lot of the times they probably wouldn't even step outside the back door. Um, yeah. And- because of the shoes so they're they're the sort of things that you know must be considered now there's one item we didn't we we perhaps should have talked about in preparation uh louise can you guess what it is what we should have actually made sure we had with us as well um a water bottle water bottle yeah (laughs) yeah and and a toilet paper toilet paper (laughs) we always have that in our cleaning kit yeah, he's got to be in the cleaning kit. Don't Please don't argue with me why you need toilet paper. Because you need toilet paper. Two hours in that property and you need to go. You need yeah. to go. So you, yeah. know, you want to make sure that you're not left compromised and they not have a little soap on tap and some hand towel as well and all those sorts of things there. Because I'm expecting to get my, you know, aside from the toilet issue, I'm expecting to get my hands dirty because my mm-hmm. hands are going to be checking cupboards. My hands are going to be checking the bottom of that oven. My hands are going to be going into the grill and you're seeing, you know, my hands are going to be rubbed under the bottom of the range hood. So I'm expecting that there's probably dirt there and I, and I need to pick it up. So I'm going to get my hands dirty. I need to be able to clean them at the end as well. So this is, this is getting fun, Louise. Let's move on with it. So let's talk about now, um, being methodical. Um, tell us about being methodical. Yeah. Look, I always, um, right from the word go, um, the first couple of inspections I ever did, I wasn't methodical. And then I couldn't remember had I done everything properly. And so then I did developed, I do ceilings first, then I do walls, then I do floors. So every room I go into, I start with the ceiling, I then do the walls, I then do all the floors. And that is, if you get interrupted, you can quickly work out exactly where you're at. Uh, you know, if you've got to read a water meter, not every state um, reads water meters, but in New South Wales, we do. I, the moment I turn it up to the property, I do the water meter read, because so many times I've seen people come back to the office and go, I forgot to read the water meter. And, but I think if I, if I do that very first, as I first turn up to the property, and then I'm good to go, um, so I always, whatever, whatever suits your flow, like you might want to start in bedrooms, you might want to do bedrooms first, you might yeah, do all the zones that Darren was talking about, but pick, get yourself a bit of a groove and stick with that groove and just do it the same way each and every time. And that way, if your phone rings while you're on site, all of that kind of thing, you, you can pick up a lot easier where you're up to. For me, I uh, I used to, back in the day, and I'll just confess everybody, I was doing property management well before iPads were out. In fact, I started to try and test doing electronic inspections on gadgets well before the iPad that Samsung used to have out. They used to have a really old form battle axe tablet um, well before, you know, the current, you know, format of, and, and I tried all sorts of hand recognition, and I just couldn't get technology working. It was always a problem. Tried them on Palm Pilots as well and all those sorts of things. But for me, the handwritten and then getting it typed up on Word document worked for me. But the point was, is I used a template. I didn't have to remember about putting in the water meter because it was on my form. It was everything was systemized like a checklist. And so now, Louise, you've actually said that unfortunately, and not all of these inspection apps, and we're not going to be naming companies today, but um, not all of these inspection apps are uh, have actually been road tested on the front line in the trenches with regards to these sorts of things. Is that the case? Yeah, look, software is a little bit like um, the house. People just live with its little anomalies. And I will always encourage property managers to reach out to your software company and go, hey, how come I can't put the water meter read in on the app? Why do I have to do it when I get back to the office? Because, you know, that's something that you you can easily miss. Um, So don't be afraid to speak to your software company and ask for a, you know, on on your wish list, I wish I could do this. Uh, So yeah, there's, you know, and I think some of our New South Wales, and I'm quite sure all the other states, they're all changing legislation at the moment. It's a pretty tough time for us all. Um, There's a lot more boxes that we've got to tick back at the office, and that's not actually on the handheld device. And the other thing you've got to watch out on is um, you've always got to pivot, because if you go to a property or the internet goes down, because that does happen 
um, and we are relying on the internet for a lot of our connectivity, that you can pivot. And um, for me, I just automatically go to Dictaphone. I just enable my Dictaphone and I walk through as if I was, you know, knowing how my inspection application goes and I go ceiling and then I just comment it all because you can always sit at your desk with earphones in listen to you speak and then type all your, the stuff that you've got to do so and sometimes that's maybe even an easier way to do but I, I know even on my electronic um, app at the moment I can dictaphone into I can actually say walls three large gouges next to the you know above the double powerpoint and it will voice to text write that in there and then you just go and correct the spelling um, mistakes or the anomalies, the, the you know, voice to text um, anom anomalies. But a lot of our stuff we have got, um, we've got a lot available to us in order to do our inspections really well. And another another piece of technology that I really like to use is uh, the virtual tour. Um, I'm happy to do a virtual tour because I think, uh, you know, that gives a fairly good view of the property ceilings walls floors and again you can sit back um at the office while you're typing up your report and you know zoom in on some stuff and i think yeah that's a great so, tool before we get talk more about technology with with being methodical i used to um and now look every state's different every structure's different some states have regulated in-going inspections um you know there's different there but for me i would be going in and i'll be looking um at a room uh, or an area um and that would i would allow five minutes you know for myself in that um in in one room and i would be um i remember it was wall ceilings light fittings um then it was uh curtains blinds windows fly screens, doors, doorways, um, and uh, and then floors, which would include floor, you know, the, the skirting boards. Um, and um, yeah, and so that that would be a basic there. And you know, the walls, of, you know, it was three hooks, five screws, three screw holes, um, some marks, some finger marks, um, some scuff marks, um, you know, lots and lots of detail. So I'd record first the condition. It was a good, fair or poor, G, F or P. And this is very much a South Australian thing. Everyone understand different things. You know, you might have good condition and clean or whatever. But um, and then I would put so it was a condition, G, F or P, um, or it was clean or dirty. Now, mm. it might be pretty clean, but I'll call it clean and then I'll put the differences on it. But I'm not going to go and demote it down to dirty. Alrighty, it, it was yeah. really, really dirty. Then, well, hang on, I've got a problem here. So I was very careful with dirty, and I wouldn't, you know, uh, misrepresent things, of course. But always lots and lots of details. So I put the condition as a code. I'd put the um, the uh, C or D down as um, a, a letter. So G C G D that sort of thing. F C that sort of stuff. And then I'll put down the um, the description. It's a Holland blind. It's a vertical blind. It's a Venetian blind. It's a Roman blind. Um, you know, it's it's you know the fly screen is cheap, floppy plastic and not steel. Um, you know all that sort of detailing. It, it was you know yellow rubber backed curtains um, or something like that. You know, or it's a it's a white netting. And so I'd put down the description and then I'd put down the detail. The detail was always how is the item different from you. So if it's not new, why is it not new? And it could have a few holes, a few tears, a few marks, a couple of dents, all of that sort of thing. So and I'll, I'll hand things back to you, Louise, but I always have then the condition, the cleanliness, description, detail, four things for each item. Over to you. Yeah, look, I think it's really important to um, write the colour of things. It was a yellow blind. It was a white curtain it was because it's really it's amazing how many people take down what's there throw it away and then put something substandard back and the owner goes they were my aunt's curtains and I love them and I can't get them back so I think it's really important to definitely um, write all of those you know description as color all of that kind of thing and someone's um, you know I've had tenants come through where I've said it's clean and they've come through and said, dirty, 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 dirty. Um, and they said, we've been burnt in the past. Um, 
and it's like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen this time. Um, but yeah, be as descriptive as you possibly can. And always remember, um, there's lots of things to be missed. You know, it's got curtains. Can you pull them across or not? So you have to actually make sure that they're working. Does the window open? You know, because it, it says working or non-working, you know, be really specific on that. Don't forget, and one of the big things I always find, people forget to, they go into a bedroom, but they forget to close the door to see what's on the back of the door. Um, so they're all little bits, you know, do the cupboard doors open and close without getting stuck. So whilst you're in there, and sometimes it's worth going into the room before you even start and just opening and closing everything first yep. to see yep. that it all works yep. before you start writing. Because once you start writing, you, you're then getting ready to go to the next room. So when you first walk into a room, yeah, like I always walk through, have a great observation because it's amazing what sticks in your memory when you go back to the office, just by yeah, years of experience, you can go, oh yeah, that's right. It had this, 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 and this. Mm. I, I agree. So going into a room, um, I'll do a quick overview, quick scan, because mm. um, because now I'm about to go item by item. And every now and again, something's not written in that list, you're not going to see it. So you've mm -hmm. got to go in with a full scan overview, do item by item by item. And then before I step out of that room and go to the next one or the next area, um, I will then do another scan again. Now, also, everybody, make sure you check every item. You know, uh, make sure those curtains are looked front and back. Open them up. But you, every item that you're recording, you need to be able to see the entire item. So if it, if it is a curtain, you want to see the front and back. If it's a blind, you want to open them and close them. You want to, I also, you know, pull the cord to make sure the thing is raised as well. The doors are open and closed. The cupboard doors are open and closed. The drawers are open and closed and all those sorts of things. You've got to be able to inspect the entire item as best you can um, because you want that inspection to be as thorough as possible. Now, also, just a couple more things, everyone. For me, I'd have a separate notebook with me. So uh, you might go, I want to use my phone or whatever. But uh, for me, a notebook, if a repair needs to be done, I'm not just going to write it on the ongoing inspection. I'm going to write it directly into my notebook because that's what I'm going to be dealing with when I get back to the office. No way do I want to rent a property out to a tenant with repairs that haven't been done, or at least me not telling the tenant this and this and this is getting done. I don't want a bad situation you know, with that tenant the other thing is risks and potential litigation issues you know um paths louise tripping hazards yeah. um you know those sorts of things or a door a a, a security door or a, a an entrance door that not secured properly or you know you know things like that that become an issue later on you need to be knowing you know what what they are um so and so and that's also when you um sort of checking your keys so if all your windows have got um, window locks on them you should be checking your keys are working to lock those windows um, you want to be checking that uh, the all the keys that you're giving the tenants actually open a lock somewhere in the in the property and they've got enough keys and then you've got a um, set of keys for you in the office it doesn't have to be an entire set of keys but you've got to be able to gain access to that property yeah, absolutely. And there's certainly some states that require that you are supplying key to every lock as well. So, um, you know, these are the sort of things that you need to be aware of. Your own legislation, each state is different. Um, each, you know, legislative uh, regulatory, um, you know, uh, Department of Fair Trading or is it Consumer Business Affairs or um, whoever in your state there with their regulations, you need to know your stuff. But certainly, you must be thorough. You must be methodical. Now, let's just um, let's move on and let's talk about um, technology. Um, for me, photos, photos have evolved over the years. I remember right back in the day of several times of walking to the cast uh, to drop in those rolls of film, you know, three or four rolls a week. You know, they used to rub their hands together and ka-ching, ka-ching, here comes the property manager. Um, and then I'd just get those photos out and I'd then write the date once I got them back in the address of it and signed it and all that, and then I'll provide a, a copy, full photocopy to the tenant. I have a full photocopy in the file. Um, and so much paper. Move things and move the digital <laughs> cameras and then all the 
the loading of those photos and supplying those yeah. photos printed off. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, the, the, it, but the, the principle is still there today. We've got to have full recording. And I've even heard of ten, property managers, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, even a thousand photos um, at a property, which is like, really? Um, you know, who's got to, who's going to be controlling all of that data? Um, you know, the iPhones, every model that comes out, the phone pixel rate gets gets bigger and bigger. You know, the phone, the, the photo that used to take a megabyte is now five megabytes. Yeah, uh, like so much bigger. Yeah, so much bigger. And you can really zoom up for sure. And um, so, you know, you've got to, everyone, you've just got to make sure that there's an issue can be picked up in a photo. Um, mm. uh, walls are classics that wall photos are classic not to actually pick up the dirt um, the, the dirtiness or the marks it seems to get washed out in photos um, but uh, the, the, you know that the, tell us about virtual tours and where that's going yeah so um, we started using virtual tour we've been using that um, for quite some time now but it came, it came into its own when we're looking at our ingoing inspection reports because they're actually really you really good to look at while you're writing your report and you know for some if you've done a virtual tour on a property you can do half your report before you go to the property and so you're actually cutting your time down on site at the property so and again if you um, table that within the technology within your tribunal there's you know, it's like a movie of, it's really like a movie of the house and you can zoom in and all of that kind of thing. And so your tribunal member is um, going to be a little bit more appreciative of the overall standard of the property. Like if you've got a brand new house, obviously someone's got to live there um, and there's a little bit of fair wear and tear, but you can show at the start of that tenancy how brand new that property was. Um, yeah, so... It has, it has a great benefit uh, for advertising the property for rent and then using it as part of your entry condition report. And you can easily, the tenant has got access to that. Um, it's available on the webpage. They've got access to that. And you can tell them that you're using that as a part of the evidence of the ingoing inspection. So well, um, we, it has, yeah. What I'm going to do right now, we're just going to quickly switch to Tom. Tom from Virtual Tours Creator um, behind virtual tours, um, yeah. Oh, oh, well, let's just get a comment from Tom around using virtual tours in in-going inspection. So we'll be right back with Louise shortly. All righty, I've got Tom from Virtual Tours Created. Now, Tom, you're really excited. We know that virtual tours completely transform property marketing, but when it comes to the in-going inspection, the property condition report, you said you've got an agency in Brisbane with over 4,000 rental properties doing virtual tours as part of their ingoing inspection. Why are they doing that, Tom, when they've got detailed reports and photos? Yes, they will tell you that they do it on every single one of their properties for the last four years because they save at least one hour for the property manager or the field services that take the photos or not having to take the photos of empty roofs with no damage. You still have to do your report and take the photos of the actual damage or the cupboards or the drawers, everything that the 360 photo will not show. But in general, those virtual tours help them saving time to communicating about maintenance issues with uh, with tradies without anyone having to go anywhere, at least the initial part. Uh, and also, if a new property manager comes into, um, into the workplace, they don't have to, or they can't even, you know, visit 100, 200 properties that they would normally manage. So you have a library of properties based on those inspections and off you go. Uh, you can see everything, you can call your landlord, say, hello, Mr. or Mrs. X, I'm your new manager and I exactly know who you are and how your property looks like. Yeah, and you've already gone and done a tour of it without having to visit the property. So that, yep. that's awesome. I think that's a great point. Gives people quick familiarization of the properties um, and get to know them before they actually walk into them. So I think that's a great point. I think also you, you talked about taking photos of the actual damage, so the exceptions. Um, and of course, there's things like behind curtains that won't come out in the bit. The, the actual virtual tour is getting all of that 90% of images 
And of course, you can zoom up and the resolution is really good. Of course, over the years, it's only going to get better, but you'll be able to see those major damages as well. So, uh, Tom, what about the, the property manager showing this to tenants who want to dispute things at the final inspection? How is it useful there? Yeah, well, I should have said that in the first place. That's even more important than saving time. The, uh, our customers tell us that this is the weapon where you avoid going to QCAT or wherever when you have a dispute with the tenant, because this is the virtual tour of when you moved in and this is when you moved out. What would you like to disagree with when we can clearly see that this rubbish was not in the backyard on the day you signed up the lease? Yeah. So, uh, and just we've got to get back to Louise in the program, but um, also Virtual Tours Creator are now working with inspectionmanager.com.au. So, you've got the inspection manager inspections. The virtual tours now can actually be inserted into the ingoing, the digital ingoing inspection report that the tenant can look at, the owner can look at, um, and it's all integrated together. So, of course, Go to inspectionmanager.com.au, talk to them about that, and of course, talk to Tom from virtualtourscreator.com.au um, regarding virtual tours, not just for ingoing inspections, but also for property marketing and photo enhancement as well, and also for virtual staging and cleaning up any messy property marketing photos as well. Thank you so much, Tom. Let's get back to the program. Thank you, guys. Bye. All righty. So as you can see, virtual tours is the future around ingoing inspections um, and certainly to help you when it gets to tribunal. Now, moving on, um, let's talk about appliances. Um, now, there, you know, with appliances, certainly in South Australia, you've got to be able to give a tenant a manual or instruction manual or something like that for every appliance that's in that property. But, you know, you had a really good question before, um, you know, how far do you go with checking appliances, checking the ovens working, checking all the burners are working, all those sort of things? Well, how far is too far, Louise? Yeah, that's a really tough one. And that this was the whole um, proviso on um, how this podcast came about is because the tenant moved into the property and there was something wrong with the oven and, the owner goes, well, didn't you check that at the ingoing? But, you know, how many of us, like we don't turn the oven on, but bake a cake while we're doing the ingoing to make sure that it bakes the cake properly. So how far do you go? Um, it makes it really hard because quite often, uh, you know, if it's gas and the gas isn't turned on, uh, I mean, I think for most part, the electricity and gas doesn't really get turned off that much anymore unless it's been vacant for an extended period of time. But you should be able to check... Um, if the burners are working uh, and, you know, you put your hand over just to see that they are heating up, but they might not work perfectly. Uh, and that, that's the hard bit. But if you haven't tested it, you need to say none of the cooking appliances have been tested um, for working order. So you need to, you need to clarify that. I think that clarification is very important with tenants. You yeah. see, I used to look, there was three types of inspections of the property. There was when you met the landlord at the property to see you want to take it on. You walk through, everything looks okay, but you haven't checked all the appliances. It's not that type of inspection, right? It's a listing. Yeah. So you would note things, you would note the features of the property, but you're not getting into the detail of an ingoing inspection report. So the next, of course, is the ingoing inspection report where you're noting everything in detail, but you haven't lived in it. Sometimes the power is switched off. Sometimes the gas is switched off. All of those sort of things, you haven't got the ability. I guess my recommendation is that if you have the ability, the power is on, do what you can to check things, switch on that air conditioner, switch on that heater, get that gas going, all of those sort of things. But then clarifying with the tenant, I'm saying that we've done an ingoing inspection. You will probably pick up things that we haven't been able to. Please let us know. And that said, I think there's also, we've got to be saying to the tenant when they're moving out of a property, look, is there anything that we need to know that needs to be repaired so we can get working on it now so it can be fixed to the next tenant moving in? Um, and just as long as you've got a good relationship with the tenant, they should be forthcoming with, yeah, that one, that one, that one, that one. And that is really, I think, the best you can do because the next level of thoroughness is actually living there and you're not going to be yeah. able to do that. So, you know, there's got to be a sense of reasonable around that and it comes down to your words and dialogue when you're signing up the tenant. 
Um, mm. And generally that would suffice for me. Um, and sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you just got to be so careful with these tenants. I remember, you know, near brand new properties and I would have an elderly couple move in and they've got nothing better than to tear the shreds off that property for the next two weeks and give me a long list like it's some yeah. it's lum property. Um, you know, and so I think you need to be setting down expectations at that induction um, around what is reasonable, what is, you know, and so they're not keen to go in there and start pulling the place apart. And there's got to be a level of, you know, reasonable there. So um, anyway, you talked about photos on appliances too. Why would you do that, Louise? Photos on appliances. Um, so you, you, um, I've always taken a photo of all appliances. So first of all, you know the brand, because um, for us, one of our local uh, tradies that fixes our ovens doesn't fix all brands. So you want to know the brand. Um, for example, I always take a photo of the hot water system so I know um, how big it is, what brand it is, so that when the tenant rings up and says, my hot water doesn't work, is it gas, is it electric? You know, am I getting the plumber, the electrician? Do I want like for like? You know, I can have that conversation with the owner and I, you know, I know what I'm talking about. And I just, it just goes to show that you're invested in looking after the property for the owner when you can ring up and say, look, you've currently got a Rinai hot water, gas hot water system that has so many layers of water. Do you want to, it's it's gone on the blink, we're going to have to get it looked at. If it needs to be replaced, what do you want to do? And they go, my goodness, they they know what they're, they're doing. It gives them that trust issue. Uh, that they, they gives them, they trust you. But it also helps you trying to work out sourcing parts, you know, is it under warranty? One of the hard things is when you actually do an inspection on a brand new property, it's obviously fantastically um, well presented, but no one has, you know, bedded in the appliances. Do the appliances actually work? Do, you know, there's always, you know, with a brand new property, there's little glitches that you've got to get the builder back for. So um, it's always really good to know exactly. And the other thing is, you know, if the microwave is included in the, have the tenants, you know, swapped it over with a, a lesser brand, like they're the kind of things. Same with the dishwasher. Like you're covering, you're covering absolutely everything, you know, the dishwasher, oh, no, it never had a cutlery drawer, uh, a cutlery basket. Yes, it did. I've got it on the ingoing photo. Here yeah, it is. Correct, you know, correct. You know, yeah, the they'll, they'll, yeah, they'll certainly try their hardest to pull the wool over your eyes um, from experience. Doesn't happen a lot, but those that try it on, they try it on really good. And if they you've do, got it. They do. You have to pick up the tricks, don't you? And and what are some of the yeah. tricks, uh, you know, um, the curtains yeah. get pushed around the different rooms? Um, you know, I, I would like them put back um, or the curtains actually replaced. We've come across that and yeah. replaced with cheaper curtains and a good thorough ingoing inspection with quality photos is going to pick that up. So they're all the things. And because once the bond is refunded, when the security deposits refunded, in most cases, it's all over Red Rover. You've got no comeback on the town and mm. no comeback. So these are all the things that you, you know, you've just got to be looking for. Um, and lots of description, lots of detail, photos to back it up, lots and lots of photos. So, all right. Now, for me, I would always, you know, you want to make sure your in-going inspection is really, really, really detailed, easily accessible when you're at routine inspections, because there's always something like you're walking down that passage, you notice that little hole in the wall behind a door or something, and you want to go, all right, before I bring it up with a tenant and risk upsetting them uh, and pointing it out to them, um, I want to go to that ingoing inspection and know for sure whether that detail was there or not. So um, I don't want to um, yeah, create unnecessary alarm with the tenant. Sometimes they get their nose out of joint. Um, so I want to be sure in what I'm saying um, when I do that. You want to have all of that, even, you know, your copy of your leases, because if you see a pet or something, but I guess we've got a another podcast there of just doing routine inspection. Yeah. So, yeah. all right, moving on. So we talked about the water meter. Of course, there are some states where you can check your own water meter. Um, 
the uh, there are some states where you send in a water meter from the water department, and there are some states where the tenant arranges the water account direct with the water department, like Victoria. I wish it was like that everywhere. Um, but you know, there are tools and things that you need to have with you. So we talk about cleaning kids, but what about tools, Louise? So you talked about taking a screwdriver with you. I, I used to have a screwdriver that I'll be able to lift those big, heavy steel plates off a water meter. Um, through the hole and leverage it off. And then one day I actually had a tent that left behind a proper water meter anchor. Um, okay, that, that was, was a good find. It was. Uh, it was exactly <laughs> yeah. the right fit to the South Australian water meter covers. But, um, um, you know, what, what What are some of the tools? And, and you talked about the, the screwdriver. Yeah, look, everyone always laughs when they go, what have you got this big screwdriver in your car for? And it's like, because every water meter has a redback spider in it. So, and I also have gardening gloves um, because if I, you know, if I can't, if the screwdriver just doesn't do the job, um, I've got some protection on my hands if I've got to lift some stuff up. So they're the kind of things. And I also um, always take photos of the electricity and gas meter because uh, there are times where someone has got to turn it off or connect it and the owner goes, why am I getting a bill for gas? I'm not living there. So you've got a record of actually what the water the water meter, the electricity meter and the gas meter is when they very first move in. So uh, yeah, so you need some safety tools for when you're outside. Um, gardening, you know, protective gardening gloves. You should always have, you know, your feet protected and yeah, those kind of things that you probably, um, yeah, need to look at. So I'm going to take this another level too, because uh, I've come across property managers that do, excuse me, do all the detail of the ongoing inspection. They do the photos and then they do a walkthrough video. All righty. And the video might go for 15 minutes and you might think, oh, well, do you want to go to that extent? But come to a final inspection. The tenant wants to argue with you, which they do. You can say, well, um, and you give them the ingoing inspection, you load it to YouTube, load it to a private link or an unlisted link so no one can actually access it publicly. Of course, the data is then loaded to YouTube. You can have your own channel. Um, you send the tenant the link at the ingoing inspection. Um, you might want to put a bit of paper um, up at the start of the inspection with the date on it, the address on it, so they know it's that inspection at that date. So no one can argue with that. You go through the property. And then at the end, of course, they want to argue with you. Hey, do you remember that ingoing inspection that we did and I gave you the video? Let's go through it again. And if you've done really, really detailed ingoing inspection, if you want to learn how to do detailed video ingoing inspection to help you in this regard, go to virtuallyincredible.com. That's virtuallyincredible.com. And there's some free uh, teaching on there that's going to teach you how to do a really good video doing an ingoing inspection. A lot of the Americans, they don't do detailed reports like us. They just do video or something like that. Of course, in a lot of cases, written reports in Australia are very much legislated. So always got to do the written report um, and then the photo and do the video. But my point about the video, everyone, is it actually may save you going to tribunal to argue on things because a tenant's very clear in the video. It stops the tribunal process in its tracks and saves so much time and gets you very quickly to what you want and finalizing that bond refund, whether there's a part bond or full bond going back or whatever. And that video has quickened the process, put out the fire really, really quick because no one wants to argue with you on a video. So, you know, yeah, that, so is, that is 100% correct. Yes. Um, you can say to your tenant, I'm comfortable with um, my position. Here's my evidence that I will be relying on in tribunal. And very quickly, there is no tribunal case. Yeah, that's it. And yeah. you don't want to go to tribunal people. So that just blows out your time. So that's the benefit of the video. So um, yeah, um, just just moving on with this now with induction um, and signing the tenant up with that in inspection, I just want to say that um, that inspectionmanager.com.au. You just go to inspectionmanager.com.au. They have a really good um, tenant induction, digital or paperless ingoing inspection. So that's where you can now remotely sign up the tenant. You can remotely give them the full ingoing inspection for the tenant to accept, to then go and check. And the tenant on the actual inspection manager app can be going through the property, putting down their comments, giving their feedback, pressing a button, sending it back. And the app manages all of that ingoing inspection process when it's handed to the tenant 
for them to check. It's really, really impressive. And I want you to go and have a look at it and how it can be a real time saver to you and allow true virtual signups when you're inducting your tenants. So just go to inspectionmanager.com.au and just ask for a demonstration on digital or paperless ingoing inspections with the tenant induction. So um, now tell us about Tribunal. Give us a quick story, um, Louise. Just think um, where a really good quality ingoing inspection has saved your Tribunal. Look, I think um, it saves us nearly every time. Um, I always hate inheriting a property that has just tick boxes and no description because I basically won't go to tribunal with that because I just don't see where I've got a leg to stand on without it being descriptive. Um, but, yeah, look, we've won many cases at tribunal just by having photo evidence, um, video, virtual tour and good documentation and the tenant still thinks that they can, you know, claim poor me. Yeah. Uh, and the tribunal members appreciate it as well. If they can see that you've done a really good ingoing inspection, they know that you're doing your job really well. And they, we've certainly have had in tribunal members say to us, um, thanks for the detailed uh, entry inspection report. We've, yeah, we've had that happen to us on a couple of occasions because it makes everybody's job clear because it's, uh, yeah, it's concise. Yeah, and if it's vague, your ingoing inspection is vague, then your case at tribunal is going to be vague and some real yeah. simple things will work against you and you may lose a case very simply because you had vague detail and the uh, the tribunal member awarded against you. So, you know, just, just be aware of those sorts of things. So um, I reckon we have covered everything pretty much thoroughly. I'm just going to cover a little bit more. Um because this won't apply to everyone, but those properties that have got a, an extensive backyard, generally with our entry condition reports, ingoing inspections, um, that gets a small amount of space in which to do it. But don't scrimp on, you know, always do an addendum if you feel that you need to. And certainly, and of course, we've done that because um, here in the Southern Highlands of New South Wales, we are a garden you know, it's a garden community and, you know, some of our properties have got extensive gardens, photograph the gardens. You know, I've had the point where um, I had an owner that had a three fruit tree as it had three different types of fruit and the tenant cut the bottom two fruits off so they could get their lawnmower around the bottom of the tree. Um, so there's lots of different things or, you know, there might be a lovely hedge uh, and, yeah, you've got to document that the hedge is there. Obviously, you know, in times of drought and flood, you know, different parts of the garden will die. But if anything that I ever have any issue on is also it comes down to the garden as well. Certain flowers or a rose has, you know, been removed. Trees have been cut short. Photos of anything that is responsible for or in control of has to be photoed uh, in every description, yeah. I'd go right down to the hoses, the washing line, um, absolutely everything, hose fittings, I'd record all of those, irrigation yeah. or articulation, of course, our WA people would say, you know, right down to the handle on the blooming, uh washing line that may have been dog-chewed by the tenant, you know, all those sorts yeah. of things that, that uh, you know, you pick up over, over so many years. And I remember a story once where an owner, a new owner was a first tenant, that moved in a few months later um, he called me in and he absolutely ripped me to shreds. I met him at his shop, called me and Darren, I want to see he was angry. And he said, Darren, those gardens, uh, I cannot believe I drove past of the day. The lawns are really Brown. They're dying. I'm really upset with you. He's really got stuck into me. And I thought this is puzzling because it's exactly the same as it was when the tenant moved in. Mm. Um, and I had my photos there. And then I realized he handed the property to me six weeks before that. And it was through the summer period. And it was his responsibility to make sure the gardens were looked after until the new tenant moved in. Mm. And it was that six week period that things did get brown and die. And my ingoing and photos, when I showed him, he said, this is a condition the property was handed to me. This is the condition given to the tenant. And then quickly his argument just fell down because he forgot 
that for six weeks he didn't do anything. So uh, it was his response. And this is where photos are going to save you people. You've just got to have lots and lots of photos. Put the time in um, because this is where you're going to come undone um, and someone will try something out on you, will have a very selective bad memory, not in your favor, um, and you're going to be paying out money unnecessarily because you didn't do the description, the detail, and the photography. The other thing is we share our entry condition reports with our owners. So once it's done and completed, we send it through to our owners so they they can see what we're reporting on. And if something doesn't look amiss to them, it's not, you know, I can guarantee none of them look at it, but we at least have you know, are transparent. And again, that is um, giving our owners trust. And the other thing is when the tenant returns the entry condition report and comments against what you have done, and it's really, you know, black and white, as in we've said black, they've said white, I actually go back out to the property and go, show me what you mean, because we did the ingoing and this is what it was like, and here's the photos and you've you're basically saying that what we've said is not correct. Like if it's a little, you know, we've missed a couple of scratches or we've, you know, I, I accept all of that because they've, they've got it for seven days in which to um, get it back to you with all their, and they can spend us, you know, be very thorough in that seven days. But um, if there's a lot of things that you think, yeah, I absolutely don't remember it, you know, I kind of missed that whole thing. Don't be afraid to go back in the first week that the tenants are there and go through it with them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, and just finally, because we must wrap this podcast up, um, just finally, um, yeah, a really good thorough ingoing inspection, property condition report, whatever you want to call it, move inspection, show the at the listing appointment, show them your photos, show them the detail of your ingoing inspection, impress them, show and tell, not just tell them you'll do a detailed report, show them how you do your detailed report. Because I promise you, your competitors have shown them nothing. Yeah. So, all righty. Well done, every. Um, well done. Thank you so much for listening. Quite a long podcast today, but a lot of good detail there. As you can see, good for new property managers and experienced property managers. Louise, thank you so much for your time. And of course, reach out if you want that uh, article on all the different things you can have in your car kit. And uh, take care, everyone. And we'll see you on the next podcast. Thank you, Louise. Thank you.